What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Everything But Hockey. I'm your host, Andrea Helfrich, and was loving this snow day we had yesterday. If you're in the tri-state area, I hope you enjoyed it. It has been way too long since we've had a proper snowstorm, so that was fun. If you're listening to this from your car and you're out on the roads today, please stay safe. I hope that me and today's guests keep you company. Now, today's episode redefines TBT because it's throwback Tuesday here on EBH. I dug into the EBH vault for an episode that has never been aired but it was one of the first that I recorded when we first were getting ready to launch the show. So on today's episode, I've got Lauren Van Riemsdyk, wife of James Van Riemsdyk, and I recorded this many months ago. So a lot has changed for the Van Riemsdykes since this was recorded. They built a house in Minnesota. They had a baby who's almost a year old. And right before we recorded this episode, Lauren and James had a surprise wedding that I was like, oh my gosh, you need to know every detail. And of course I asked that and we go into that in this episode. But she also talks about her career and her life before James because they met much later in her 20s. And now I'm giving away the episode, which I'm gonna stop doing. But but it's a good one. Enjoy. I'm really excited you're here. Thank you for joining me. Yes, I'm excited too. Thanks for having me. I think this one's going to be really good because you and I are very similar. Yep. In the sense that we can talk each other's ear off. Like, yes. you could talk me under the table. I know. I know. I just have a lot to say. But I love it. Like last night I <laughs> called you for a debrief, which I read is supposed to be only 10 minutes. Yes. So you don't ruin the special moments. Right. How long did we chat for? Honestly, I had to pull over my car before I got in my parking garage so I didn't lose service. Wait, I sat outside Laurence's house yes. before picking her up for yeah. dinner because I was like, no, this is too good. Like, I'm, we're, we're getting somewhere. Totally. I put my hazards on and everything, and I was like, okay, I just have a couple more things I that know. I need to ask her and hear from, and yeah. Which you were giving me, like, such... I, I, I left our phone call feeling inspired, and you actually are not new to the podcast world at all, are you? I mean, I still somewhat new, but not as new as you would like assume. As me. Well, yeah. So my client that I had back in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, she was a life coach, and she got into the like the um, the podcast sphere, trying to see if that she could find a different audience there. And so her and I basically, she bought all this equipment. We filmed um, a little bit, like just for like presses and different media, and then we recorded stuff at her kitchen table. And we basically, you know, just kind of winged it and it got easier and we got more and more followers and it was pretty, it was fun. So I, I, I still am learning, but I feel more comfortable than not, I guess, doing this. And like, let's back up a little bit. So you said your client. Yes. Client for digital marketing, right? Right. So with um, being in this crazy hockey world with James, I never, you never really know where you're going, where you're to, going to be, be the schedule. How long, um, you know, you really can't commit to anything in terms of like, like a regular nine, nine to five type of thing. Exactly. So, um, can I let you finish your sentence? No, I kind of like, you? I mean, this is why we're so alike because we know, you know what I'm going to say. I'm catching myself <laughs> and I'm like, Andrea, shut up. Okay. No, um, yeah. So, anyway, so, um, yeah. So, I basically had the choice, which I feel very fortunate um, to be able to work for myself doing digital marketing. I just call it that. It's kind of, a catch-all for I find different small businesses, small clients that aren't as comfortable on like different uh, social media platforms, maybe promotion. Um, typically, they haven't you know ventured out into that type of sphere yet, and so I make them more comfortable. I um, 
help them with their marketing plans. And it, like I was kind of telling you last night, it turns into some sometimes this like business coaching mm -hmm. aspect because you kind of have to uh, back up sometimes and you know really um, identify your brand, identify the person's brand, identify their goals, identify what type of clients they want. And so I've actually learned a ton, and it's mm -hmm. been cool because I've been able to work with people kind of all over the world. And um, it's really fun. And I've got to work with brands from like a pet van that like was a vet that was on a van. No, that she, a mobile like vet. A, yeah, mobile vet, yep. And then to a woman who was a life coach to, I've done a bunch of um, different political races, one here in Philly, a couple back home in Minnesota. So it's it's been really fun. Which you touched on politics. Yes, and that my love. Yes, I mean like no one would know this about you without having this conversation they would if they followed me on twitter which i have to be super careful about but i'm love politics um i told you this last night too but i have a master's in public policy so snaps for lauren yeah that was yeah good times um was it though oh my god i mean yes i i'm, oh. a, I'm a nerd at heart i love school like i've even looked up classes um at like Temple and things like that, I could take adjunct because I just kind of want to see if I'm able to like. You always love learning. I just love learning, and I think James sometimes gets sick of me giving him my fun facts and are studying. you dissertations all the time? Like, no. are we always explaining things? I mean, I just all? love articles. I love court mm. cases. I love policy, and so I get really excited about it. It's really random, and so I'll like send James a bunch of articles or explain why this is why the commerce clause is so important and why this is like influenced so many things you wouldn't realize and how if that's you know something that we need to worry about and he'll be like okay Lauren like I you know I gotta go up and stretch or something <laughs> so dinner conversation at the Van Rooms Dykes is always it's hockey politics that's all it is oh. and and real housewives oh I love that yes I yeah. love that um that's so funny yeah and you're also such a history buff which yeah. I've seen so your Twitter is politics your Instagram is very history heavy. You've been doing tours that you've named, like, what did you call them? Like, I call it my hashtag LT history tour. Tour, that's how I say it, Minnesota, tour. You guys say tour. Which, what's the T stand for, LT? Oh, that's my last name, Chernlin. Got it, yep. maiden last yep, name. Yeah, my maiden last which name. Which you still forget. Yes, which I still forget. Because today, checking in yes. to our podcast studio, I put your name under your married name. Yes, well, I can't believe I'm like Mrs. Van Riemsdyk, that's his mother. So it's like, oh yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, yeah, I'm LVR now, and it's been you got married in July. Of this in July, year, yep, right? July nineteenth. So it's still probably it's so new. It's not it's gonna be so new. Yeah, and it's it's funny because my last name's really hard to say, and so is his. So it's like I didn't it just it's just a complicated mess. My that. mom, when she met you the other night at my birthday, yes, she was trying to like say your full name, and I was like, can you just stop? <laughs> because the fourth or fifth butcher, I was just like, she's trying so hard. That's so cute. No, that's why LVR, like they JVR that, you know, people started calling me that, and I'm like, I'll take that. Well, at least your first initial goes really well with the rest of your yes. last name. Yes, So it's not I like so. XVR. Not yeah. that your first name would be X. I don't know where I got that from, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yes. It just works. Yes. And what also worked was your planning of your wedding, which yes. was not traditional at all. No, not at all. Can we please get the scoop on the surprise <gasps> totally. wedding of the year? Yes. Okay. So it was a surprise wedding. Um, James and I had basically planned it even before he proposed. So he proposed January 2019. Mm -hmm. We started planning and finding the venue and stuff. We got married in Brooklyn. So we started in the fall before because we knew that it was going to take a while. We wanted to get married summer um, 2019. Mm -hmm. So we knew it would take a while to get all like those logistics. The venue and but I also told him 
um, that we couldn't like get engaged too far in advance because I knew people would be asking me oh like, "Oh my gosh, this really was." Oh my gosh, I know. And so James just kind of like you know he was went just like it. he just went with it and he liked the idea in terms of like something kind of more low key, something that we didn't we could kind of skip some of the, the showers and the formalities and we just wanted to have like a really fun party and no pressure. So we told everyone, we got engaged, we told everyone that we were going to have an engagement party um, in the summer of 2019, and then a family-only, like immediate family um, wedding in Bermuda. I just said Bermuda. I don't even... So that was completely made up. Completely made up. I lied to so many people all the time. White lie. White lie. And we said 2020. So we're like, you better come to our engagement party because... Did anyone book a ticket? For the for Bermuda, well, both of we have four aunts on each of our sides. Like our mothers have um, three sisters or four sisters, and so um, big family, big family, and they were like, "Well, we're gonna show up. Like we're not invited, but we're gonna show up to your wedding." Like, and we were just like, "Okay, whatever," you know. Like we were just laughing because they were like the most fun to surprise because they're like the most meddling sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so then we um, got married in Brooklyn this summer. Wait, 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 but back up. So. Engaged in January, all planned out. Yep. Uh, we're having an engagement party in the summertime. People get there. Right. And then what? So people <laughs> got there. Um, I I feel like half the people wore, were um, completely surprised. The other half were kind of thinking something was up. But what basically we um, had like a cocktail hour in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we told them um, people that it was going to be formal. And we were going to have like a sit-down dinner or something. You know, just a big party. And then we were there. I was wearing like a jumpsuit. James was wearing like um, a, sno- a suit with sneakers. And then we um, told everyone that there was going to be a magic show, which is super random, but James loves magic. And so they. Who um, knew? Yeah, right. <laughs> so they, um, our wedding planner, um, escorted everybody into this room that. I mean, I would have thought it looked like because a, there was an aisle, right? An aisle, but you also need an aisle to like get to the seats, mm-hmm. kind of. So it's True. like, and again, people were just so. We our main goal was to keep the confusion going, just like quick, 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 all right. this stuff. So the magician started right away. James and I went into the back room. I changed into my dress. He changed into his tux. The magician then at the end asked for two volunteers after all the tricks, and he asked for this one man to vol- um, to come up, and it turned out to be our pastor. We knew that all along, but. No one else. No one knew. He was just sitting randomly in the crowd, and then he, the other volunteer, was James, who came out in his tux, and then the music started, and everyone kind of gasped, and my little nieces walked down Mm -hmm. as flower girls, and I walked down, and everyone was crying and clapping and like taking pictures, and it was just, it was, I mean, I can, it was the most magical moment of my life. I feel like it's like the most pure reaction that you're ever going to see from your. It was so perfect. Family and like. I've never, like, not to, like, toot my own horn, but no, I've never. No, toot away. This was solid. I've like, never was... seen James smile that much. Oh. He was, like, so happy, and I was so happy, and it was just perfect and no pressure. And then after that, we all went into the last room, which had, like, cocktail tables and buffet and, like, band and everything like that. And it was, like, But you guys threw down. So like, perfect. didn't you change? I changed, actually, again because I couldn't, Back in the because I couldn't dance That's... in my wedding dress. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, and I just wanted to dance and it was, you know. I saw some IG stories and like yeah. you were dancing, like you were having a blast. Yeah. So it was so fun and yeah, it was awesome. And somehow our picture got like. Picked po- up. Picked I... up. Yeah. So the woman who helped me with my dress mm-hmm. is Jessica Maroney from, um, she's in Hudson Bay, up um, Kleinfeld's in, up at Hudson Bay in Toronto and she's good friends with Meghan Markle. 
So, right. Yes. And they, they remind me what the article was. It's basically comparing okay. you and your so dress. It was the most non-story I've ever like seen in my entire life. Don't sell yourself short. No, but it really was. But I mean, it's still funny. But like she posted it on her wedding, like the picture of James and I. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, oh my God, Meg, um, Meg, uh, Meghan Markle's stylist, cop, uh, like, you know, also styled a bride like that looked like her. And obviously there's so much like drama or whatever is going on in the royal family. So all these like royal like royal fans were like, look at her, blah, blah. You know, not like bad, but just like talking about me. It, it was just so funny. And like literally like Chinese tabloids picked it up, Australian. No way, it really like, went global. People like magazine. Um, what else was it? Well, you like, really were glamour. the blonde version. Oh of, my God. But, but in the best way possible because I actually like nothing against Megan. She looked beautiful, but like yours was fitted. That's what people are so funny. Well, and, and yes, a hundred percent. I admit, I was copying her. I thought she looked gorgeous. It was the most classic style. I like, along classic. with like a million other brides. It just was funny that mine, like your fit, was better. I actually think you oh, trumped. Oh well, you're name. very sweet. I but, mean, yeah. You guys listening can yeah, <laughs> cast your vote. Everyone's it's, gonna like. Yeah, it's no. out there on in the internet. Which, that being said, all this buzz around you guys was James like slinking off his seat out of like. Don't right. Like, I know, because James, as you know, isn't like super into. He's very private, which yes, yes extremely private. I am, I'm. You're more, the yin to his yang. Yes, I'm private, but not. I can. I also know the boundaries. But anyways, um, no, he actually was fine because it was so funny because all the articles for once were like Lauren Shernlin and her hockey boyfriend from <gasps> Canada. Like they got it like all wrong and like didn't mention his name in a bunch. Yeah. God, that's I was like cracking up. The tables have turned. I know. I was like, wow, there we go. But it's, you know, it's, it's so, it was such like a non story. And that just Ugh. goes to show how, like, yeah. Funny this world is. It's so funny. And it was such, yeah, but it was, it was a cute, fun moment. Yeah. So. To add to like the overall, yeah. An awesome. It was so funny. Awesome day. Yeah. And bringing back like James hockey world. Yeah. You've now been in Philadelphia. He's back with the Flyers. It's been over a year now. Correct. But you really like made your mark with, the whole organization, as soon as you got here, with a lot of like your charity work. Yeah. Which brings me to the Shoebox Project. Yay, I'm so glad. Which is this awesome, awesome, awesome uh, initiative that I was able to help aid you in like the promotion of, but what you did was really amazing. So do you want to kind of go into what that is? And I won't say my lines that I said over and over Oh my God, I won't high five you either uh, (laughs) because that's not good for podcasting, but you killed it with media last year. Oh my God, no, but you were so helpful. I was so grateful. Um, Coming here, honestly, from Toronto, love Toronto, but the Flyers have been so amazing at embracing. Just like open arms. Just open arms, embracing um, all of our interests and our talents and been like so great with, you know, I just literally came to you to other flyers charities saying hey like I'm interested interested in this charity I've been doing it in Toronto and they were like how can I help and they knocked out of the park so the shoebox project we collect um, little gift items for women in need and we put them in a shoebox and we include a encouraging note of inspiration and like I said it's primarily towards women and it's just something that gives um, a woman a dignity something that gives them inspiration Mm -hmm. um, because Shelters, obviously, as they need them, receive uh, food and clothes and necessities, but you don't always get, you know, like a brand name soap or something like that. Something that makes you feel like a human. Yeah. I know. And it That's honestly, what it comes down to. I've heard it from time and time again from people at shelters how that can really build people's self esteem and just make so much difference. And at first, when I heard of this charity, I was kind of like, I don't want to like 
do a charity for makeup or I you know I didn't really think through right and that was but then like that little maybe eyeshadow thing that you threw in would change it was so my privilege talking I have no idea what it's like to be in that situation and to give someone something that just makes them feel whole and like a regular person Mm -hmm. is so powerful and so now like I'm obsessed with the shoebox project I can't wait to do it again what is this year what does this year look like it was such a great um outcome last year with the fans getting involved and I'm just hoping that we can build on that momentum and really get people familiar with the charity and so it becomes like a staple the shoebox project with the Philadelphia Flyers, which I know we can do. And 100%. it was just so awesome. So I'm hoping to have another drive and event and just keep that going. And so. just to even remind you guys listening, if you weren't able to participate last year, we invited fans to bring these kind of toiletries, I guess. Yep. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're, they're like, at the, so every you box, had the right word. Yeah. So I said just like little gift items, but it yeah. is like things like um, deodorant. Yep. Exactly. Deodorant, nice lotions. lotions. You can put razors. Um, a coffee card, a, um, you can put, I'm trying to think what else that was put in there. Um, like warm, fuzzy socks. Exactly. Um, like a face mask. Something like that. Something that makes you feel, that isn't like a necessity per mm-hmm. se, but kind of a like luxury a, a luxury bonus. Maybe like a little chocolate or something mm-hmm. like that. Or just something um, that, like I said, every box is worth around $50 and everything's different. And then we included always the note from um, us, like the Flyers' wives mm-hmm. or someone at the organization just saying, thinking of you, you're special. Which is not the only thing you guys did. You also hand-wrapped every single yes. shoebox yes. with different um, wrapping paper. Wrapping paper, stickers. We had and some of the beautiful. kids like color them and stuff. And just, again, to make it not like a generic not at all. donation, but a personalized gift for a specific person. Yeah, because every single one was different. Yeah. And so yeah. special. It was so awesome. So I'm and like I said, the Flyers fans were super generous and I can't wait to do it again this year. Well, for those who are listening and interested, we'll have more on that. Yeah. As it develops. Um and you can follow along on Instagram at Philly Shoebox Project. I love you so much. <laughs> wait, that brings me back. <laughs> With your digital marketing roots. Yes. Like what can people do that are listening that might want to improve either their brand or their reach or just like simple things like yeah something silly right so the number one thing I preach that seems so basic but is so hard to do in practice is consistency and being organized so planning ahead having a content calendar with specifically what you're going to be putting out for that week month however you want to organize it and then making sure that you have um, like consistent messaging in terms of like let's say you do a motivational Monday and so every Monday you have that or making sure that you are um, taking the correct people and starting conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so engaging. So engaging for sure but I mean just literally just at the very core of it it's just being organized and being consistent because that's the one thing then you build trust with your audience and I think that people um, always set out to do that but then you know it, life happens. Life happens. And so I feel like it's just hard and that like that's why people hire me actually too is just to keep them consistent and keep them on board and it just makes a world of difference. Which brings me to how the heck do you keep everything in order in your own life with all that you have going yeah. on? What's your secret to kind of keeping it all together? I know. Well, I don't think I keep it together. And You look like it, though. Oh, so thank you. What's that? I did put on makeup today. <laughs> that was a big one. You look beautiful. Um, thank you. Um, I honestly, so someone told me a long time ago, so I came into this hockey world a little bit later in life than most wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I was 28 at the time. 
And so I kind of had like a life before that. I had a career, I had gotten my school degree, I was kind of settled in Minnesota. And so I didn't grow up in this world at all and I was completely culture shocked when I moved to Toronto to live with James and had all these stereotypes and thoughts on hockey wives and what that really meant. I've met the most smart, beautiful, amazing, inspiring, smart, let me like honestly highlight that, women. And I was taught that in this world, it's a world of high highs and low lows. And so it's kind of extreme like that and you get to sit in the passenger seat of, of your love of your life living out their dream and like there's no better place to sit. And so I kind of just remember that when I'm super bored, depressed, lonely, missing James, something like that, that's a low low. Or when he has a great game, we got married, we live in a cool city, that's a high high. And you just kind of go with the high lows and it's not this consistent, you know, everyday life. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going to miss that as soon as this like ride's done. I bet. Yeah. But you also have really high hopes for your person, your career yeah. after this is done. I hope so, which yeah. Which brings me to you wanting to be elected to city council and I run do. for city council. I do. I'm so passionate about Minnesota politics, especially like on the local level. I don't really get into the whole like federal type of stuff. Even at the state level, it's too complicated. But at the local level, pretty much everyone agrees that they want to have good schools, good roads, things like that. And so... We just moved to a new city and we're building a house in Minnesota and we have a city council there that um, I love how I'm like already like saying my platform. It's like they're a little outdated. They need some younger, a young fresh blood in there. And my kids are going to be, you know, going to school there and living there. And I know I want to make it a great place and I want to contribute to my um, my my hometown and yeah basically and like I just that's how I was raised I was raised you got to give back you got to do civic duty that's just what you have to do and that's my family is very into government and nonprofit and volunteering and so I just that's just a natural step and I hope that you know I know that I always laugh with James that he'll you know have to be on my like my arm candy at these fundraising events and stuff like that well it'll be his turn yeah I know he's then going to be in your passenger seat yeah yeah, hopefully. So there we go. LVR for City Council. That's 2026. Right. Oh well, we'll see how long James plays for. Yeah, True. I don't want to put a. I don't. I was put gonna a date say on that. right. Don't I just wanted to give yes. your campaign. Oh yeah, roots. for sure. I was gonna say you heard it here first, folks. I'm sure all those people are listening to. And if they're your grandmother's gonna listen to this. Oh yeah, I know. I want the people back home. I was gonna say, and they'll they'll laugh because they'll say, "Oh my God, this is so Lauren." So. It'll be a fun thing to look back on yeah. in a few years and see what life has brought. Oh totally. I cannot wait until Lauren is part of city council and I send her this episode as a reminder because manifestation, baby. But that is not where it ends. You're probably seeing another 15 minutes of duration or so. That is because Lauren, being the ambitious, always wanting to learn type of human that I admire so much, wanted to interview me. And I was like, okay, let's give it a whirl. And just give it a give it a whirl. And if okay. you mess up, even be like, okay. Uh, it's so funny. Okay. I'm I'll excited. try it. Okay. I think we're rolling. Mm-hmm. So this good is... Good to clap. Oh, good call. Yeah, we need a clap. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Lauren Van Riemsdyk, and I'm here today to interview someone very special, special guest, um, Andrea, our in-arena host, our one, our, like, oh, crap, what's your title? What would I say? <laughs> in-arena host and okay. digital producer. I was going to say, there's, good. I was gonna say, there's so many different um, things that you do for the organization, and Andrea and I were actually talking the other day, and I had a lot of questions for her, and we thought it would be a great idea 
for us to kind of flip the script and ask her some questions that I have about her job and her um, experience with the Flyers and then also kind of some of the questions that she's heard from you guys. So I'm going to go right ahead and just start this conversation. Dive right in. Yeah, so it's so fun to follow you on social media, during the games, all those um, type of experiences. But I think some of the things that we've talked about and you've told me is that it's not always glamorous, your job, and that there's kind of a lot of stereotypes and people don't maybe realize some of the things you do behind the scene. So can you kind of explain a little bit like some of the things that people might not know and kind of all the hard work you do? Well, one thing that I think we need to set the record straight on is I work all season and all year right, long. Right, <laughs> right. You were saying that people sometimes kind of say like, what are you in the summer? Yes, yeah. all the time. People always ask, not just me, but all of my coworkers, what do you do during the off season? And it's like, we're in the office at least nine to five trying to develop what we're going to do for that next season. How can we be, you know, better than the rest? And how can we really showcase the players in a different way than we've done before? Um, so that I would say is like the main stereotype. I work all year. Yes. And during the actual season, it's way more than a nine to five. We're all there like nine to 11 on game days. Yeah. And anyone that's in the world of sports knows that. And like, they're all on this, on the same page. So, um, that's, but the fans don't, I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. I asked you the other day, I was like, what's your schedule like? Because if you work until yeah. like 11 at night, you mean you're in the office the next morning. Yeah. You kind of find your like groove, and what I do to try to like look good at the end of the yeah. night, well, the end of my workday when it's the start of the game, right. is I'll legit like wait till four o'clock to do my makeup. Yep. So I look haggard all day in the office because you know I'm just doing either I'm editing or I'm working on edits with our interns, checking out where we're at, um, setting up for a future shoot, calling podcast guests and doing right. pre-interviews. You know, there's a there's a slew of things, but yeah, that's like the one thing I'll do. I'll try to wait till right before the game, do my makeup, then I look like, oh, I just wa yeah, I walked in. Exactly. Just got here. Grab the microphone. Well, so then during the summer and sort of quote unquote the off season, what mm. are you doing then? We're just trying to figure out how we're gonna better. So what we usually do, like as soon as the last game has been played of our season, I'll sit down and I'll debrief on everything that we did all season. I have a running list of videos that I've created and I'll look back at those and either highlight, this worked really well on social or in-game. This got a pop, this got a great review on social, and then the ones that didn't work so well. And I'll take that and develop, what do we need more of? Like, what were we missing this year? What were we in a void of? And the, the thing we always go back to is like player-driven content. Right. We're always trying to get your husband and the rest of the team on camera and like yep. get get their personality out there, which is so hard because they're hockey players. Yeah, no, and on that same note, um, something that's interesting that I've kind of seen on other teams and everything is, you know, that's different here at the Flyers is the fact that I really feel like um, you, the Flyers do a great job of connecting the player's experience to the actual fan experience and making it extremely approachable. The players, the game, the organization, and I feel like you played a huge role in that. Thank you. And I know that we kind of talked about that a little bit, but I would love to hear kind of just when you first started out here what your job was kind of entailed and how it's grown. Yeah, that's so funny because when I first started, my boss found me on YouTube from my work. No way. Yes, okay. from like all of the hosting work I had done, I compiled, you know, different reels. Okay. And that's normal for an on-camera host. So I had my reels sitting on my YouTube page, and I guess somehow that was pulled into the... Just randomly. like Yeah, this is completely wow. random. And I actually saw the email of different agents that sent my boss all of the candidates that 
those agencies thought would be right for my position. And there was like hundreds. Oh my God. And one of them I actually worked with before. No way. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know her. Yeah, so I felt, it made me feel good for sure. And it was a great fit because obviously I was from, born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, So there was that like hometown connection for sure. But getting back to your question, I get here in arena host, digital producer. The idea was like blend the in-game experience with the social experience. But there was really no blueprint or know how we were going to do that. Right. I knew I had to make the in-game experience look as cool as possible. You know, because what you guys don't see, and sometimes I will show you on Insta stories, is me like cradled under the bleachers, like (laughs) under the stands, with my mic in one hand, like my cards like under my other armpit, and I'm crouched down um, trying to like reconnect my IFB to my mic pack or like those moments. And exactly, it's just those moments that I'm doing 90% of the time, like you said, and then the 10% of the time I'm on camera looking as put together as possible. Right. But. So when like and so then in terms of evolving it from what it began to what it is now, what were some of the specific things you did to make a person at home or someone in the stands feel like they were part of the game and feel like this was their team and it was approachable and the flyers how they are seen today. Yeah. So I started um trying to just engage fans on social and then kind of tempting them with giveaways. I was like let me show them that I'm here for them. That's that's what my role is, you know? So I would collect as many cool things in the office as I could, like autograph pucks or jerseys, and just do random giveaways. Like, let's do some Flyers trivia or whatever it was. And I would choose people that would enter. And at first it was like, you know, 10 people commenting, and I'd choose from those 10 and then ship out their autographed puck. And, like, I did that for my entire first season, oh, every awesome. other game. And then I would try to engage people in-game as well. So... I started off like kind of as if it was a first date and then a second date. Yeah. And then like we're in a relationship because right. the fan base, you know, I was just some random woman. Right. Who, who the hell was I? Right. So I felt like it was really important that people saw me as a someone they'd want to go sit and have a beer with, watch a hockey game with. Yep. And have a conversation with. That's awesome. And I think you've done a great job at that. Yes. Well, on that same note, another kind of question that I have that I've seen you even post sometimes on your social media when people ask you Q&As yeah. is kind of um, what are some, what's some like advice that you would give, like specific advice that if someone wants to have your career or your type of life, like what would you recommend? And I know this isn't talking about because even some of the things you've talked about today, yeah. I had no idea. I don't know anything about this world. So if I wanted to do this, like what kind of advice would you give me? I would say put yourself on camera, whether like, and it can be your iPhone. And I think the biggest thing today is overcoming a barrier of, I don't have the right equipment or I don't have a backdrop or a set. And that's what keeps everyone back from creating. You can create any, like with the most simple setup ever, including your iPhone. First thing is throw all that out the window, use your phone, get yourself on camera, flip it around selfie style, and just like report on whatever interests you. So if it's fashion, if it's lifestyle, if it's sports, make up a story or take a story that's really happening in the news and make a news package about it. I would really recommend getting an internship in news. That's what I did okay. many moons ago. Where was that? Where did you start off? Fox 29. Nice. On okay. the Good Day Show. Okay. And that was like really my first introduction to the tough, tough world of news because my internship started at 3 a.m. So oh I had to leave the suburbs at 2 a.m., get to my internship, and then the anchors came in around 4 a.m. and they started preparing for the broadcast, which yep. started at 7. 
and then they do hair and makeup and like go on with the show. But it was my first introduction to like, this is not glamorous at all. Right. And it was awesome that it didn't scare you off. That kind of just motivated you even more. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I sat at the assignment desk, and then one thing led to the next. But internships are the best place to start if you want to be on camera. Go to a newsroom. See all the things that go into making a show. And then that's where you can find a really great mentor. Like, I don't know if it's always going to happen for everyone. I know there's no formula. But I found some incredible mentors at Fox 29, starting with. That's amazing. Mike Jarek and Chanel Jones, who was on Fox 29. Um, yeah, they just taught me so much and inspired me and encouraged me to like run free and go go work as a dayside reporter in a no one knows town. Yep. And that's what I did. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's ever too like late to start? Like I feel like some people, I mean, it always seems like younger, like something like that. These is, days, yeah. you don't even have to go the traditional route. Right. Like you can literally, like I said, record yourself in your room and put it on YouTube. But if you have a shtick or if you have an angle, I feel like it's all about, you know, having something to talk about. You're not just on camera rambling. Right. You're talking about either a makeup review or a product review or a, a take on last night's game. Whatever it is, like lean in right. to your angle yeah. and lean in hard. People love that. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Okay, now I have just a couple more fun questions okay. kind of outside of all of this. What are some kind of interests that you have or things that people don't really know about you, um, hobbies? I know right now you're decorating your beautiful house Thank and you. that's your creative fun side. Is there anything else that... I mean, there's a lot of facets of the decorating thing. Yep. I'm a major DIY person. I love like stripping a nightstand, staining it, <laughs> and then stripping it again to paint it a different color. Like I'm just like a nut like that. Right. Well, it's exactly what you're talking about. Talking about your passions. You're getting, you know, just like something that you're interested in. And yeah. On, yeah. Because I, I love following along on that. Oh, like I just, the new house has been so amazing and so time consuming, but I'm just taking it room by room and trying to, right now I'm working on like a closet and how I can do it in the most cost efficient way. Yes. Because closets are hilarious how much you can spend and like that's you know balling on a budget so what the fun part is is like having a vision drawing it out and then I'll do my research and I'll look at a million different brands get a million different quotes from companies and then feel great about the decision I made because I'm like oh I'm getting the look for less yes and that's that's just the fun in it so yeah decorating is definitely my passion designing organizing and doing it all in an inexpensive way that like looks really expensive. Making an outfit from H&M look like right. it's hot couture from the House of Chanel. Right, and you do a great job <laughs> doing that. And Thanks. like I feel like too, like that's that's that totally is who you are. I feel like you can take anything and make it beautiful and mm. make it different. So that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, and um, are you any other interest? I saw that you were in Italy this summer oh, yeah. with your boyfriend. Yes, and we love to travel. That's I love so going fun. to Europe. We try to do that every summer. He's from there, so we get to stay um, with his parents at their house in southern Italy in Calabria. Oh, my God. I wanted to be on that trip so bad. Yeah. amazing. It was awesome. And, like, it's such a great – it's just a great refresher. And like you said, you are working literally year-round craziness, so I'm glad that you got to do that. It's so nice. I love the culture over there, the food, like, doing different wine tastings and trying new foods and seeing new cultures and attempting to speak Italian and then butchering it and then – Drinking some wine and trying again. Amazing, That's amazing. pretty much, yeah. But I sound so boring. I literally just, I really enjoy what I do with work. And like, what I, what's cool about my job is a lot of parts of it don't really feel like work. Right. Um, even this podcast that we're doing has been like an incredible kind of self-reflective journey as well as part of my job. But 
it's right. just been so cool. That's so awesome. Okay, so my final question is, where do you see yourself in five years or where would you be happy with like everything in terms of personal, professional? Oh my gosh. You know, I actually, for the first time in my life, like don't have an answer for that. Oh, okay. I used to always have a vision of the five-year goal and I feel like it's a bad thing that I don't, but no. I'm really happy with what's going on now and like trying to build, I guess, continuing to build off of what I'm doing now, which is like a terrible answer. No, but that's amazing. And like, even with this podcast and everything else, you are pushing your limits and pushing. your comfort zone. And yeah, I would say I'm going to continue being uncomfortable because when you're uncomfortable, you're growing. And yep. I love that. And like this podcast has made me uncomfortable. Not this episode. Yeah. You're crushing it. <laughs> I was going to say good. No, no, no. That's but good. like just this project in itself and working on a new medium where you are using your voice to convey your emotions and not your eyebrows and your hands like I'm used to. Yes, exactly. So uh, pushing the boundaries and on, I think on the radar would be diving into the world of digital products, which my friend Tom told me about. And I've been listening to podcasts and what that would look like is I want to teach people what I've learned from on-camera hosting, whether they want to use that and apply it to Instagram stories or if they want to be a reporter or if they just want to be a YouTube star person, yeah. um, or if they're an executive and want to be better at presenting in front of their coworkers. Right, and just like sharing your knowledge and your experiences and everything yeah. with people. Yeah, so that's that's, amazing. that's on the, the like in the near future radar. But yes. I'll figure out my five-year goal after this because now I'm like, shit. I know, I was going to say, now I put you, I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that. No, so. no, it's a good one. My Uber driver asked me that the other day, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm really happy with where I'm at. That's a terrible answer, yeah, but it's true. That's funny. Well, thank you so much for letting me kind of flip the script and let me ask you some of the questions. You killed fun. it. I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Can you be my Robin to Howard? Oh, my God. I, like, yes. Because I would love to do that. Because, I really yeah. think. I just, like you said, I want to be a pumper like your mom. I want to just pump people up, and I love it, and I have so many questions, and yeah. Cool. So you'll be making another appearance on the Everything oh. But Hockey podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, you can even use my sound bites if you want. Like, I can do some stuff. Like the drinking water yeah, like one. You're really good water, at slurping. The laughing, the, the shock, the claps, everything, yeah. Oh, I, this was so fun. Thank you for flipping yeah. the script and making me uncomfortable a little yes, bit. And, like, putting course. Not uncomfortable, but getting me out of my comfort zone. Well, like you said, you wanted to do, so it's been great. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I, I, was, I grew stronger from this. So. Okay, good. This was a very self-reflective episode, especially editing this to hear how uncomfortable I was when this first started. Like, I'm just going to go emo for a moment and say I was so uncomfortable to host a podcast. I don't know why, but I was. And it's funny to just hear those fears in my voice. Like, I can tell I was nervous about certain things. So anyway, self-reflection is a good thing. This is your reminder to self-reflect and look back at what you've done, where you've come, and kind of cherish those moments that you're uncomfortable and you know you're a little nervous because that is when we're growing and I do love those moments after the fact. So that is my fun tip of the day. Um, but coming up, we've got a lot of great episodes. So if you are not already subscribed, this is the time to do it, guys. Coming up on the show, we've got Monique Lamoureux Morando and her sister, Jocelyn Lamoureux Davidson. They are twins ice hockey players on Team USA and brought home the gold medal at the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. Then we've got Heidi Browning, who is the chief marketing officer of the NHL. And there are some surprise guests I can't tell you about. But I can tell you it'll be a fun time. So like I said, if you're not already, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't rated and reviewed this episode, now's the time to do it, unless you're driving, but do it later. Anyway, guys, have a safe and happy Tuesday, and I will talk to you on the next episode. <laughs>